Hey, welcome to Mountaineer Kingdom. Do talk. Real men, manly talk. Please, please, please show what he did on the blue grill. <laughs> Is that open? <laughs> so, how's everybody going? How was last week? Fantastic. Good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I had, I had a great week. It was, it was quick. It's over. Yeah, last week did seem to go by quick. And honestly, us recording last, uh, last Saturday, it pumped me up through the whole week. It was getting up early, talking about Jesus early in the morning with a bunch of men and a half. and um, Men and a half? Man, uh, uh, four men and a half, yeah. Oh. It's a short joke. Oh. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's, well, uh, we, we should probably let everyone know why they can hear Ryan. Can't see Ryan. Uh, Ryan had better places to be this week. He... Uh, couldn't be with us this morning, so we're going to hear Mr. Newsom. Uh, we're not going to be able to see his studly face, though. If you're watching on our YouTube channel, the you can kind of see him on an iPad there. I'm telling you, we need to make a pillow. I am a, I am a man stepping up and saying that I'm more than capable of taking care of four children on my own. I don't need this mamby-pamby liberal agenda telling me that I can't do that. Hey, and thanks for not saying babysitting. I got to babysit my kids today. Yeah. No. They're your kids. Yeah. <laughs> this whole idea that yeah, like, oh, you're a guy. Can't go shopping with your kids. That's stupid, man. I would walk out with my kids before. I, dude, I had, I got a picture on FaceSpace where I got seven kids in the back of the car. And it's like, game on. Let's do this thing. Mm-hmm. People look at me like I'm crazy, but that's just a day in the life. It's what we do. I walked in. I was going to Dick's for- course he froze uh, backtrack coming out of the place with one kid struggling like they couldn't even keep a hold of this this kid and like that person was struggling and then here i get out of my pickup truck with all four of my kids and we're all walking in nice cordial and cool calm and cool and that person looked at me like what the hell is this happening just don't make it happen man i'm surprised it wasn't marching single file that's not effective <laughs> Yeah. I tried that at a kids camp. It didn't work out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, kids camp. That'll, Dude. that'll make you learn some patience. <laughs> so long days, man. Uh, yeah. All right. It's uh, just completely lost my train of thought here in that slurping. All right. So this is fun. We found, and I think, honestly, I think this the other day, I'm the newest member to this group. So... Yeah, the young, I'm the youngest. Um, you guys were in a life group before, mm-hmm. and then Mandy and Ryan invited me and Haley to join the group, and I think that was the cutoff point, right? Thanks. I can't think of a for that that OG so, group. And so to the, again, to the YouTube viewing audience, that noise you were hearing was Andy Tennant heavily <sighs> breathing. <laughs> Being a child and not knowing how to sit in front of a microphone. (laughs) All right, time out, Andy. It's like the second time I've ever sat in front of a microphone. (laughs) And I'm just so appreciative of finding a group like this. It's you you have somebody that can check you when you go step off. You can have people to support you. I never have to worry about somebody praying for me. And I think that's really important. Um, And now just inviting me in and that was it. My life was... I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't be serving the Lord. Of course I would, but serving it with a group of men has helped me grow and to be a better father and be a better husband and just to bounce ideas off of each other. 
um, did you, Ryan, did you ever feel that that was like your calling or something you were led to do was to start teaching in life groups and doing that sort of thing? Uh, I wouldn't say that I felt that it was a calling necessarily. Um, about 13 years ago, Pastor Crabtree approached me and my wife to, out of nowhere, we had just, you know, we hadn't even been married a year yet, and said, hey, you guys, you want to teach a, a marriage class? And we are like, what? We, we just, we're newly married. Now. We don't know anything about marriage. And he was just like, well, that's how you learn. Are you willing? That was his his big, big word. Are you willing? How do you say, no, I'm not willing? Mm, Yeah. So uh, we took on that responsibility. So we kind of got plugged in that manner. And um, so that when Pastor Crabtree retired and Pastor Wade came along, his his big deal was um, starting small groups, life groups, if you will, uh, because... You know, life is done better in circles, is what he says, than in rows. And so, of course, they asked us to lead a life group. We said, yeah, we could do that. So that's kind of how that took off. I wouldn't say it was a calling, but we are all called to serve within the church. So if something comes up and you're willing to do it, then go ahead and do it. Yeah. The the Even the trips and the being out in the woods and being a man but being a a kid man and goofing off and 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 spending time in nature man it's so much fun want we'll to get some of the more of our clips yeah. and videos up on our on our thing but my favorite one so far was the the day the the day it poured the rain and we're hiking up the trail and then all of a sudden we're in the middle of a creek and it probably was just me it felt like the the flow of the water changed but we're still going up and it's like wow that was fun Loads of fun. Yeah, <laughs> it did change. It's not Jared, just you. Jared really loved it. <laughs> I was just giving you guys crap. Y'all gave me all kind of crap on the trip I planned, so I was just giving it back to you. <laughs> no. <clears throat> I, I've been in some pretty hectic weather scenarios, and that one was probably one of the more good ones. It was warm. I'm, I'm grateful for that, but, man, ankle oh, deep yeah. in trails. Yeah, I've been in some suck, and that, that was fun suck. I'm going to make sure and work on that one this week. Oh, that video. So, so, that the, video? so the viewers can see what we're talking about and go, that'll be our midweek uh, clip this week, guys. Yeah, that was awesome. That was a fun trip. It's always the more difficult trips that are the most fun, like doing dolly sods in a monsoon, trying to hike up to high falls with four feet of snow in the ground. Those are the ones that you don't forget. The ones where you could die. <laughs> it makes it more entertaining. Yeah. I enjoy every second of it. And yeah, my favorite point of that trip is where Andy keeps watching the temperatures like, guys, two more degrees, we're all going to die of hypothermia. <laughs> I remember that. Oh, yeah. I do. Yeah. Which Was that the wet trip? That yeah, was the... Oh, yeah, dude, we were so... The monsoon trip. <laughs> so good. Yeah. So, I forgot about that. Being in the group, it, it just reminds me of one, while we're doing this podcast, while we're trying to promote, it's, we need to promote Jesus in everything that we do, our actions, our words, um, and doing it together as a group is, I thought Jerry was about to prank me, um, it's fun, because it's, you're in a brotherhood, 
and you're you're standing for the same oh things. Oh my you're, gosh! You're promoting the same things, and finding your man group is important. Just find some dudes that love Jesus. Go hang out, right? Go do something, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> I think yes. you gotta you gotta embrace the awkward. And I, we were doing the internal chat this week or whatever, and uh, you know when when I first showed up to the life group, you guys just kind of said, "Hey, there's a weird guy that comes in." And I was you know for everybody out there, I was in the military at the time, and I'd come back once a month or so. And uh, Amanda and I were starting to date, and we were, you know, I didn't really have a home back here again, so I was coming back and getting reestablished. And these guys were like, hey, let's hang out. So then when I moved back, I'm like, dude, let's go backpack. And they all looked at me like I'm crazy. Because, I mean, I think J-Rod and I have been the only ones who actually went out. And you guys were like, yeah, yeah, sure, let's put a date on the calendar. And I showed up with this whole plan and presentation. Like, hey, guys, this is what we're going to do. Here's the plan. Here's what you need to pack. And everybody looked at me like, dude, you're dumb. But, man, that first trip, that broke down some serious walls. And it, it allowed us to connect on a level that you can't connect on just sitting around the table in a classroom somewhere. Like, we were out in the wild, and we were doing what we needed to do to survive for, like, a day. But, you know, we were dependent on each other. And I may or may not have seen Nick in his underwear. <laughs> well, th- th- there's, something, there's something to be said about, like, going through challenges together and, you know, being out in the wilderness for a couple of days. It's only a couple of days, and, and we're, we're, I don't think we've ever really been that far that deep in to the woods. I think we're, we get about 10, 15 miles, something like that. But um, that whole thing of where you've got to rely on each other really builds up a, uh, a, a pretty serious bond. Well, there's a universal desire for us as men to get out and be challenged. Um, I love, shoot, John Eldridge wrote a book, Wild at Heart. I think I referenced it. I'll talk about it a lot throughout this series. Uh, and he really sets the tone that, you know, we've got to struggle through certain things. We have to fight through certain things. We have to put ourselves in precarious situations where we don't know the answer. It's part of what requires us and what, what we need to become men. Like, we have to prove ourselves to ourselves in order to feel like we are worth something. It's it's just a critical part of who we are. And I think our generation in this time and place in our society, we're struggling with that. Most dudes are very happy just sitting at home playing video games, and that's that's it. That's the sense of adventure. I partake in that stuff too, but uh, there's so much more to life out there, and we've just been trained to not yeah. not forge ahead. Let's uh, let's back up to where you said you you first started coming around. I mean, how how uncomfortable could that? Well. I mean, for me coming around, it's fine because I mean, that for it was part of my transition through the military. Man, like every two years, I would move and I'd have to find a new group. So it required oh, sure. me to like I had to make relationships quickly in order for them to have value. So you jump in head first in whatever relationship you find yourself in, and then when it's time to go, you're like, "Hey, dude, love you. I'll talk to you later." And then that so that's how I was conditioned. So when I showed up with you guys, I just kind of brought that same mentality. And I learned very quickly that, you know, for dudes who haven't had that experience, it's a little bit different. Like, 
you got to embrace the awkward. Yeah, you have, you, you have to embrace the awkward. And I think most guys, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like most guys avoid the awkward, especially when we're in that protected church setting thing. Like it's almost like we have to put our super holy face on. I'm going in and I have to look and feel and act a certain way while I'm in this area. I can't say the word fart anymore. Right. Well, there's one of the things that we always say, or Ron always says before we start when we're out in the woods, and it's, hey, we love Jesus, but we're still men. And to an extent, we don't. Jesus is going to change us and mold us to who he wants us to be. But we ha- have a personality and we have um, a background to that he can use. But we're just men who love Jesus. And it gets it, you can kind of simplify that. And I would say for anybody that wants to do their own, and you guys can chime in here too just do it i mean it take those steps because we're the leaders it's when we decided this Haley's like hey do you want to go and i said yeah we need to do this and it's don't be passive about it be bold and step out and kind of like what we're doing with this this whole setup it's once you let jesus guide your steps he'll direct you from there it's like seek ye the kingdom well i need new friends well seek the kingdom of god god will give you good friends and the old ones will fade away. The ones that aren't good uh, inspirational or they're not good motivators, he'll remove those from you. Well, I need to be financially blessed. Seek the kingdom. I need I need a prayer warrior. Seek the kingdom. Whatever you need, if you seek the kingdom. And once he guides that first step, and you can step out in faith, and he'll guide that second step. But take those steps as Jesus, as the Holy Spirit directs you to take them. Uh, that's, a, that's a good point. You know, when you talk about uh, how you mentioned, if you if you're desiring these things, you know, find a group and just do it. I mean, that's a that's a key point because you know, I wasn't called to start a life group, but I answered the question, "Would you do it?" So we started out this life group, and men don't typically open up, you know, right away. You know, we we might give a a handshake and how you doing, talk about business and, and you know maybe life a little bit for a second, but you they don't you don't really open up and a close-knit feeling with that group of guys. And so the one thing that I would say that maybe I, I disagree with a little bit as far as the, the life group setup is they want to keep uh, like maybe breaking up and starting more to branch out and stuff like that. So my point being is find a group that you mesh with and then go through life with them. Instead of instead of saying let's make this thing bigger and then everything gets you kind of get distance from one another, keep your close knit group and then you know other guys should be like if I want this I'm gonna start a group and I'm gonna start re- recruit some guys because the fact of the matter is you know when we we did that camping trip Andy I've never been camping a day in my life um, I was an athlete and I, I did sports all through the summer and I went to you know games all the time I didn't do camping but you know that was the year of COVID. And uh, that's why, why the idea came up. And, you know, you, you, when you get out, and like you said, when you get out into the woods, you know, it's a different perspective. Life is a different perspective. You, you learn and you adapt and you overcome kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, if you're, if, if you're interested in doing that kind of stuff and find that, uh, finding your own main group, step out of your comfort zone and start a life group on your own and start inviting some guys in there. And, uh, because not everybody is the same cup of tea for everybody. Does that make sense? Yeah. And we all have different, you find a group and you see that the God, the people that God surrounds you around are, they're similar to an extent, excuse me, but they all bring something different to the table. 
we're not all the same and especially with that tenfold mentality it kind of scares nick i'm sure <laughs> but it's it's we all bring something different we all bring a different background uh and experience to the situation and i mean i don't know of uh, anybody outside of this group that if something i need prayer that i would go to first one i know we all pray for each other all the time but and it's, it's always there but if there's a special need it's hey i know exactly who i have to call and the pastor talks about it all the time if you have to call the church first of course they're going to pray for you and pray with you but um <clears throat> man can't get rid of that cough um you should have a go-to you should have a a partner in crime so to say to to get through this journey with i just kind of want to latch on to the idea we've you know there's a, a couple of guys who've been like oh man i want to get a part of that and uh i just i was literally getting ready to bring that up well you can go ahead and talk about no, it then go right ahead i talk a lot dude <laughs> well no just just this past week um, with everybody looking at this and going, wow, look at this group of guys. I, I want I want to be part of that exact group of guys. I want to come be on your podcast. I want to go on your camping trips. I'm sure you do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're cool. We know. We're, we're super cool. No, I'm not. In fact, I think I even said to you guys this week, it's like, oh, I'm Captain King of the Nerds over here. But in that regard, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you need to find something along those lines but it needs to be you it needs to be part of your existence things of that nature yeah so i think that's what i want to latch on to is we we have this group and it came came together by virtue of well i mean the life group but then we kind of set out on our own because we made it happen and that's my encouragement to anybody listening to this is this is awesome because we made it happen and you need to do that on your own you need to go out and find the dudes that you're around and make it happen. It, and it honestly, because we're such a relatively small group of guys, that works better. That when you have a bunch of dudes hanging out, it's fun sometimes, but for the day-to-day stuff to just have two or three guys that you can lean into, that's a good thing. And honestly, for us to grow the kingdom as men, we need to grow together in these small pods of groups that are doing manly things together. That's, you know, that's that's my opinion. But we have lost community. We've lost fellowship. We've lost this thing that makes us understand the value of relationship. Like, I live in a town that has like twelve hundred people. I don't work with anybody in that town. But and I drive thirty minutes to work every day. Yeah. And then I go to church twenty minutes away from that little area. A hundred years ago, that wasn't the case. You worked, lived, played, went to church with shared meals with grew gardens together with the people that live next door to you we don't have community anymore and this is a way for us to bridge the gap there it's uh it's something that we have to do we have to come together in some capacity because we don't have that anymore yeah and that's not saying that yeah, going back to what i said uh you know group of guys when we finally do open up it's kind of a, a very small amount of people that we look at to and when we are you, you find that small uh, tight-knit group, you know, stay there. Yeah, it's... You know what I mean? Um, we had a technical difficulty, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no worries. 
Yeah. Just going back to what you know, uh, Andy was saying. You find that group, and what you're saying, Josh. You know, you, you you find a group of guys that you you can rely on to go to prayer and stuff. And you know, not to say we can't be friends with all kinds of different people, but when you when you find that core group, you know, you're only going to have a few best friends and your wife. Yeah. You know, that's mm-hmm. typically the. the you can be you can be good friends with a lot of different people and still pray for a lot of different people and be counseled to a lot of different people. But then there's that small group of, of guys and girls have that small group too that you know that that's who you're going to go to and be like, I need prayer. Okay, let's 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 whip this thing. Let's take care of it, kind of thing. Yeah, um, and it's important because I think most of our wives are are pretty close together and they have their own group because men and women. I mean, we're just different. We were created that way. And there's only the two and it's um it's important for us to have those little structures if you will because most of the time they're looking at us the stuff we're laughing at they're shaking their heads about oh they're so embarrassed <laughs> like, do we really have to talk about that again like, yeah it was funny last week and it might still be funny so let's find out <laughs> well deep down we're all still 12 <laughs> very true it's like as, as the as my my son gets older I'm like, okay, he's starting to get some of that humor. Like, I can hear my jokes. When, and I get nervous for him. Like, he'll try out one of the jokes I use on Haley at the worst possible time. <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, let's see if he can stick the landing on this one because I can't. <laughs> but that being said, it's not just any guys. You need godly men. It's who you surround yourself with right. that's important. And it's not, hey, let me go find Joe on the street or I've, I've seen this guy randomly. Before you get close to them, get to, I mean, get to know them before you start mm-hmm. making that a priority. Because if their principles aren't lining up with the, with biblical principles and, and they don't know the Holy Spirit, it, it could it, it could obviously get very negative very quick. The old of equal yokes kind of thing. You don't yeah. want to go make that group of guys, well, hey, we're going to the bar every Saturday night kind of thing. Mm, no. no. It's, it definitely needs to be a like-minded group of guys like-minded but the, you guys don't have to be the same i mean all five of us are oh, all completely different <laughs> in our professions and and really uh, our just our, our general makeup we're all different but somehow ryan would have beat me up in high school that's how different <laughs> oh, oh. maybe maybe college but not high school. i didn't find <laughs> and I would have been the the guy over there stirring the pot. <laughs> Did you hear what he said about your mom? <laughs> yeah, but key foundation yeah, is but, uh, Nick. It's interesting to bring something like that up. Hello. No, go ahead. There, there you go. You froze. Yeah, I was going to say that's interesting that Nick brought that up because I I remember when I was in college, someone said something to me about. Uh, different group of friends that I had in college and they're like, those are people you would never, you would have hung out with in, in high school. Now, high school is a weird, a weird place. It's much easier for guys, I would say, than girls. But you, you, you kind of, you grow up with these people your whole life and then you either are in sports or you're in band or you're in choir or whatever and you kind of just naturally leech on or gravitate with those people and have what they call To mesh well with, with others, and I, I did have a lot of friends in college that I necessarily wouldn't have hung out with in, in high school. But uh, 
But like Joshua, I think you said early, when, when you're seeking men of God, you know, it's, we're all going to have different backgrounds, all different testimonies, and of course, different lives prior to, to meeting one another. But that's that's the beauty of, of just getting to get in a life group and get you know, like ours, and you, you learn one another. We still don't know everything about each other, but you know, we know enough to say, these guys are all right. It's just, you know, live life together. You're men of every one of I, I every one of you guys are men of integrity and men of God, and that's like that's who I want to surround myself with, and that's who I'm going to let. I mean, they're going to you guys know my family, so it's important how I you know still protect my family by who we associate with and who we would let into our lives and our stories. Be a man. <laughs> oh, Andy's back. Uh, we're welcoming welcoming Andy back to the podcast. He got quiet. He didn't fall asleep. <laughs> hey. Now our life's complete. All right, first step you got to do is become a child of God, though. Yep. You have to know Jesus in order to do this. And I was always curious, especially with your military background, super manly, super, super dominant. How was it serving Jesus in uh, in the military, Mr. Andy? Uh <clears throat> It was good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's, that's just a weird question. Um, so I was a Christian. I became, I, I always grew up in church, but I really became a believer at 15. And that's when I was sold out for Jesus. Um, joined the military at like 22. Mm-hmm. And uh, throughout that that time frame, I it was an interesting walk. I met a lot of people that were Christians and they didn't meet the concept of what I thought a Christian was just because I had such a distorted view of what that was. And it allowed me to see that Jesus gets real people. Um, some of the people that I ran into were devout, man. I knew the word like the back of their hand. It was incredible. And as I bounced from duty station, duty station, I would discover this group of people. Um, one of the places that I found it was in a, it was a, it's an organization called Cadence International and they have multiple different types of ministries. But the one that spoke the most was the hospitality ministry. And the idea is providing a home away from home for soldiers and people would open up their home. And in this community, you really started seeing the concept of the early acts church, like people opening the doors, and you would come in, share a meal, share Jesus. You sit around the common table. That's a another book or concept that, that comes around. And within the military community, it was very easy for people to put down the walls that we typically have saying, well, this is my family, this is my family. And by virtue of us being removed from our nuclear families, we were forced to forge a family. And austere environments or whether it was just at a different duty station in Texas or Alaska or Germany or wherever it's at. Um, so I feel like that experience allowed me to see the church from a new perspective, just in the universal sense of yeah. what the church stands for, what it is. Yeah. So it's, it's many different backgrounds. I'm going to share mine. I'll make this as, I won't go into into detail on some of this stuff, but I was also, I was, I was surrounded by family members that, that were saved, but I was also surrounded by some family members that were just the exact opposite. And it 
it reminds me that our, our past doesn't have to define where, where God's going to take us. And the, the, the things that the Lord has brought me through or allowed me to not dwell on or even kind of remember some of these things and some of the things he does. So, for instance, one of my earliest memories was in my grandma's house. It was a couple of days before Christmas, snow on the ground. And here I am, and I think I was my, I confirmed this with my brother, three or four years old, and I'm getting anxious, and why don't we open up the gifts and being selfish and being a kid and blah, 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 blah. Well, I sneak around to the backside of my grandma's house, and outside in a pickup truck was my uncle who was uh, in Vietnam and just abusing his wife. And that just stuck out to me, and at such a young age, I remembered that. Well, my family, so from where I was, my dad uh, worked alone. He was the sole provider for a while, um, and depression was all through the house and it was dark it was you didn't know how to react when you got home or what kind of mood it was going to be in and you know how do I keep the peace and how we adjust to that and my parents were saved early on but then they kind of they kind of fell away not kind of they did and I didn't know what I was going to walk into like extreme poverty like me and my youngest brother shared bath water for I can't tell you how many years shared a bedroom um I don't even think we had bunk beds, just one small bed we shared. And it was a house that my grandpa built, built in the coal camp, of all things. Um, and it was almost like a company house. And there were a couple of them, and he had a house over here. So the family was really close, which can be good and bad. In my experience, it's not so great because you have all these opinions of people who want to tell you how to, how to live and run your life. Well, later on than that, um, I was visiting family out of state and I had some pretty, pretty bad things happen to me by, by a family member. We won't go into a lot of detail, but I don't really remember that part of it. I can remember the, the memory at three, but here at six and seven, I don't. And that's just what the Lord has brought me through. Um, especially, I mean, there were Christmases where you got a shirt and some lottery tickets and there was, uh, and it, it just wasn't that there was alcoholism and there was violence and there was depression and there was just all these things that was going on. But as a kid, and, and I think that kids are very resilient, they can go, they can endure a lot. But what I've found out um, through the grace of God is he brought me through all of that to serve, right? I I'm not saying that he allowed those things to happen to me or for me to be brought up that way, but he has equipped and prepared me to serve his kingdom. And that's why my, my ministry and my calling is to teach, preach, and especially with younger kids, to let them know they're not alone. Look, I got through it through the grace of God and his mercy. You can too. You just have to trust in God. And I said all that to share, uh, just so people can get to know us a little bit. Um, but it reminds me in the Bible, and I'm probably going on over on time, and I'll try to briefen this up. Um, when you look at, I think it's Acts, or no, it's the faith chapter, Hebrews 11. Yep. It's um, Moses stepped out in faith and did this. Uh, Joshua stepped out in faith and did this. We didn't call him Moses the murderer or David the sinner, the adulterer, right? But he goes, Rahab the harlot. So he, he hung on to her sin just to remind us that you can come from bad places and do bad things and God still has a purpose for you. So here she is in the book of Joshua and her story still getting told later on down in life. And to bring this around, 
when Jesus was born and we go through the genealogy in Matthew, Joseph was his adopted father. So therefore he has a legal standpoint to the, thr the throne of Israel, right? Well, Salomon, S-A-L-M-O-N, I believe it's spelled, is became Rahab's husband who begat Boaz, who begat, uh, or married Ruth, and then becomes, begats Jesse, who begats David. So now there's a bloodline all the way from this prostitute that helped the Canaanites and the spies is now blood tied to Mary. So Jesus now has blood rights to the throne as well as a legal right to the throne. So there's two rights, two ways that we get to the cross. And Jesus came, one of his earlier descendants was a prostitute that helped out Israel and stood out in faith to protect the spy or to hide the spies when they were invading Canaan. And it's seeing what God can do from any of our past and any of our experience he can use for the good of his kingdom. I, I want to latch on to that idea. I think it's Psalm 51 that talks about David after he was caught in his sin. Uh, after I think Samuel told the story about the sheep. Yeah. So <clears throat> Psalm 51 is hugely powerful and gut-wrenching. And when you look at the genealogy of Christ and you follow the bloodline, most of the stories from the Old Testament follow that, mm -hmm. which is really cool because the Old Testament was written well before Jesus was born. Um, <clears throat> the part that stands out the most to me is the Bathsheba story. Yeah. Because David had an adulterous relationship with Bathsheba. They lost that child. The reflection of that loss of the child and David's remorse for his sin, his sin against God, not just Uriah, not just Bathsheba, not just his kingdom and the throne, but his sin against God and yeah. how he has sinned only against God. The next child that was born was Solomon. Bathsheba is in the bloodline of Christ. Yeah. Solomon is that second redemptive child. And it talks about the redemptive God makes all things good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. So the child born of Bathsheba and David after sin is a grandfather to Christ. And the, the redemptive value of that story is so huge. It ties just in line with Rahab. Even though there is sin, God still uses that for his glory and benefit. It's when married with repentance, it's just such a, the story is awesome. It's a love story, man. Oh, we amazing. talked about it last week. All right, guys, <clears throat> been good stuff this week. Um, super excited that we're continuing to do this. And we're going to continue to do this on a weekly basis, God willing, and the creek don't rise, although it tried to rise this week. Uh, Still rising. <laughs> uh, so for Mountaineer Kingdom Dude Talk. There we go. He got it this time. Real man, manly talk. Uh, I'm Nick for the Gigglebot Jared. Uh, Mr. Andy Ryan on the old, uh, we don't hey. even want to call that this week. Uh, iPad. iPad chat. <laughs> <laughs> and our FaceTime, host, Josh. and our host Josh. Uh, we'll see you guys next week.